Well, hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 159, interview with Philip Werner, sectionhiker.com. On this episode, we talk with Philip Werner of sectionhiker.com. And for those who don't know of sectionhiker.com, it's one of the top websites for gear reviews, trip reports, and probably one of the most solid resource for hiking the White Mountains. In fact, Philip finished all 14, 1,440 miles of the White Mountain National Forest Trail System. He's also a former guide for Andrew Skirka Adventures. Philip has been educating and writing blog posts on his site since 2008 and has an incredible reputation forest honest approach to gear reviews and we are very lucky to have them on this podcast you can always join in on our discussion on our facebook group page just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and join our podcast family come hang out with us and become a part of the community so, of course, with the height of the pandemic and all the retail stores have been closed for most of the spring, there's a huge amount of inventory that gear companies need to get rid of. There's also some really great deals out there right now. So we've put them all together in one place for you. Just go to thebackpackerstore.com. That's thebackpackerstore.com where the power is in the search. You can use that search area to type in the piece of gear that you are looking for and compare all the prices from all the major online outfitters like REI, Moose Jaw, Camp Saver, Eastern Mountain Sports, all the rest. That's the backpackerstore.com. There's even a section for all the coupon codes that they are offering right now. And I'm telling you, there are some great deals out there. Of course, in full disclosure, we built that site for you. So we do take a small commission off of any gear that you do end up buying. It also helps support the podcast. Also, make sure you go to trustedtrail.com and sign up for our newsletter. We're just getting ready to put one out. Um, it will be uh, released uh, on the 1st and 15th of each month. We have information about trips, meetups, events, uh, every 1st and 15th of the month. And by the way, speaking of trips, our Royale trip has completely been changed that new information is on our website and it's also on our Facebook group page. We are now taking a seaplane to the island. Yep, not by boat. We are going by seaplane and combining both trips into one because none of the passenger ferry, ferries are running for the rest of 2020. So either you're going to swim or you're going to take a seaplane to the island. Um, but we're going. We're booked. We're ready to go. We will practically have a whole island to ourselves. I don't remember when we had the opportunity to have uh, a national park with only maybe 100 people on the island uh, because everything's going to be closed on the island. But they're going to have resources and they're going to have a ranger there. And there's still, uh, still going to be things that we're going to be able to do. But we're going. We're taking a seaplane. Um, so check out that trip. We have room for two more people. We're very excited to have been partnered with teespring.com and through popular demand, of course, have finally created Trusted Trail Store, coffee cups, t-shirts, hoodies with all your favorite sayings. Of course, we just got our Trusted Trail because it's cheaper than therapy coffee mug. I'm drinking coffee out of it right now. Just go to teespring.com forward slash stores 
forward slash trust hyphen the hyphen trail hyphen two and go to that site that's where our storefront is and choose your favorite piece of gear so of course ariane is out of town this week so i'm solo she will be back next week for sure and apologize for not getting out the podcast last week we have been slammed had a few emergencies and we just could not get the podcast out. And so we deeply apologize for that. We hate when that happens. Um, so Philip, uh, I've personally known Philip uh, and sectionhiker.com since 2008. And when I say personally, we've talked on the phone a few times. Um, we've tr- I, I think we've probably talked about a couple different ideas. I, I know way back, way back when uh, uh, he had invited me to do the 100 mile wilderness uh on an event that he was doing in Maine. And I had just moved to Atlanta from central Illinois. So I was not able to make that. Um, and, but since then I've been go, I go to his site. I'm a regular visitor to his site. Uh, sectionhiker.com has, is probably one of the most reputable online gear review, uh, sites that I know of. I don't even, I don't even check other resources anymore. Uh, sectionhiker.com and Philip. Uh, the, his reputation is just one of one of one of the best. Uh, when I first started uh, my WordPress site back in I think 2000, uh, around 2008, might have been before that. Uh, Philip was one of uh, my first subscribers to my website, so uh, I've seen him his name for a long time, and uh, he was on our bucket list of people that we have wanted on. Our podcast, so we're very, very lucky to have him on. I'm very happy uh, that he came on. In fact, uh, uh, way back in 2009, I think it might might have been 2009, 2010, maybe. I think it was 2009. Uh, one of his blog posts inspired me so much that I drove across the country because of it. And we're going to share that with you on this episode. So, Philip, thank you so much for coming on Trust the Trail podcast. I can't even tell you how excited I am that you're on our podcast. For people that are new that may, and I can't even imagine this, but for people that are new that may not know who sectionhiker.com is, what? how did you get into backpacking? What was your first backpacking trip like? And how did that event in your life just kind of change into one of the most informative, popular backpacking sites out there. And how that how how did that turn into sectionhiker.com? Well, boy, take me back. So I think uh, there's there sort of two phases to my backpacking uh, immersion. One was, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I went to camp in Maine. And I think our first backpacking trip, I was probably 12 or something like that. We went to a place called Mount Tumbledown, I think. And we had canvas tents, pup tents, and we trenched our tents even. And I remember being swamped by rain. Anyway, that was a long time ago. Um, I got back into uh, backpacking uh uh, again, in, in high school, I did it uh, as part of the outing club. Um, uh, and then um, I did some in college, but I really only really got kind of uh, obsessive about it um, when I was uh, had been working for about 20 years. 
and needed a way to get away from work, <laughs> which um, was following me around a lot. Uh, you know, I was on call. I was an executive in a, in a software startup and getting phone calls day and night. And uh, I needed to um, get away uh, kind of off the grid. Uh, this was before satellite messengers someplace where my boss couldn't find me. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I started uh, section hiking the long trail in Vermont on sort of long weekends uh, in 2008. And that, and I actually had prepared for that for about two years by backpacking in the Catskills with um, mainly in this Catskills, uh, some of the White Mountains. Uh, in New York uh, with the Appalachian Mountain Club. But the, the, my long trail experience was really my first sort of solo uh, adventure. And um, what I would tell my staff before I left for these long weekends was, if you need to reach me, try smoke signals. Because uh, <laughs> there was like, you know, this was before the days when everything in Vermont was reachable by cell phone um and there was simply no way to reach me um which was good for teaching my staff independence <laughs> um and ownership and, and good for giving me a, a some relief and and so I, I you know i did the lt in 2008 and actually um uh so i hiked section hiked that in uh, five trips and uh Section Hiker kind of grew out of my long trail experience. Again, I, at the time I was in this company and my boss turned to me and said, uh, hey, there's, there's this new blogging platform called WordPress. Why don't you figure out what new products we can build on top of it? Uh, it was open source software and um, you're allowed to incorporate it into commercial products for free. And um, so I started you know, blogging on WordPress about my long trail experience. Uh, you know, writing trip reports and writing gear reviews and just kind of playing with the technology. And I found that I actually really enjoyed one writing uh, about like things I did on the weekends <laughs> outdoors. And I really uh, somehow in the early days of the internet really developed an audience people who were interested in what I was doing and, and would comment. And I really in, enjoyed that sort of social engagement. So, so come 2010, um, I was like, what the hell with work? I'm going to do this. Right. <laughs> and I, I quit my job and yeah, I totally took a massive pay cut uh, to basically nothing. Um, and um decided that I would try to start a website about backpacking. And um, here we are today. I have a big international audience and I uh, do a lot of hiking and backpacking, do it full time actually. And um, really it's still, it's still as fresh as it ever was. Every, every trip's a new trip. You know, I still get the butterflies before every trip and pack and all that stuff planning and um i just love you know writing about it that's still writing is has become a real passion as much as hiking and uh, i find that i can't actually write unless i hike 
So it's like the perfect combination. You hike, get dirty, come home, write, wash your clothes, go out again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, the, the funny thing is, and when we talked on the phone earlier, I had mentioned I was, gonna, uh, I was going to talk about one of your earlier blog posts. And the funny thing about one of your posts and it, you know, how we all connect to each other and, you know, it's a, it's a simple blog post, you know, you never know how it affects other, you know, other people. Well, I read one of your blog posts early on and it was when you did the international mountain climbing school. Oh yeah. And it was my birthday, like two days before my birthday or three days before my birthday. I was taking care of my mom. She was sick at that time and I was kind of her caregiver. And um, I had somebody who, who could stay with her for two weeks, about three days before my birthday. I read your blog post on that. And I, it was just, you know, just, you know, nothing special. Just, you know, just go to sectionhiker.com. Let's see what Phillip's doing. I read this blog post and I called them and I asked, Hey, do you have any, you know, I see that, you know, you have an opening or, you know, you're, you're doing this trip in, you know, like a few days. Is there any way I can get in there? They have one more spot open. I got my car from Peoria, Illinois and drove all the way. <laughs> and I took that class because of your blog post and it was really spontaneous. It was completely on a whim. I had no real, um, you know, forethought of what that class was, you know, really going to be like, except it looked very informative and it looked like a lot of fun and it was something that I should do. So I drove out there. I believe that their home base was in Conrad, I believe. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm climbing, we're, we're hiking up Mount Washington with crampons in the dead of winter. Now, my birthday, by the way, is in March. And as you know, the White Mountains still have a whole lot of snow on top of them in March. And it was the worst of worst conditions. <laughs> that, that's March. <laughs> it was the worst of worst conditions. And at one point in time, you know, um, we, we finally get to the top of Mount Washington and, you know, we go into, of course, the, the weather station. I call it the bunker. And we get in the weather station. It was the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich I ever had up on top of there. Um, but it was a great experience. It was, it was a phenomenal experience. And because of that, I got uh, obsessed with alpine backpacking. I got obsessed with winter backpacking. And because of that class, I started you know, buying really, uh, I guess, professional Alpine gear. I took another class on, you know, how to um, dig snow caves, snow rescue, uh, all that stuff. And it, it, it all kind of like happened because of that blog post. And I've, I've never had a chance to share that with you. And I don't know how many people, you know, drove out to, you know, New Hampshire to take that class because of that blog post, but I did. I was one of those. I was one of those guys that did that. So thank you so much for writing that. It really changed my whole winter backpacking uh, experience. 
Well, that was, yeah, I, it's, that's uh, International Mountain, uh, uh, Mountaineering or Ma Ma Mountain Equipment in North Conway. Right. Um, and uh, it's run by a guy named Rich Wilcox, who's famous up here and runs a lot of search and rescue. And um, uh, that was a phenomenal class for me, too. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I would climb Mount Washington and uh, it was a three-day uh, course and you camped out, and, um, <laughs> and and after that class, I became obsessed with winter hiking and backpacking as well. Um, but I I think I remember you actually going and taking that class, or leaving a comment. I could probably dig dig through the comments, and and mentioning that. And um, you know, I, again, I just write about. I, I mainly, you know, I write about a lot of things on Section Hiker, and gear reviews are part of it, but. Um, a lot of it's just my day-to-day -day personal experience. You know, I live actually right outside North Conway, so I'm hiking up in the White Mountains and southeastern Maine all the time, literally all the time. And it's just my experience and, and just trying to share, you know, learning new skills or um, places I've gone. Uh, so, you know, just be yourself kind of thing. Well, <laughs> it seems to resonate. Well, I, when I did the, did the AT, you know, the, the, all the research that I was able to find, and there were really only two sites back in 2003 that were even uh, cohesive, and that was, I think, whiteblaze.net was around and uh, trail journals. And there was really not that much information, and bringing any kind of technology on the Appalachian Trail was just, you know, that was taboo. Um, but I remember a lot of the research I had done was all about this the southern half of the AT and how bad it was and oh my god these mountains are just so terrible well then I got to the whites <laughs> and I thought what the heck are these people talking about <laughs> that <laughs> the southern half I considered those mosquito bites <laughs> I mean, yeah the whites are, you know the whites are just something it's a whole different world man I mean it you know you get up to the whites and it's it it's just it's it's everything changes up there, and uh, you know I of course you know when I went over to Mount Washington the first time, it it was okay weather it wasn't bad, um, but certainly when I went back in March I couldn't even take my you know my photo op at the sign because of the snow was peeling the skin off my face, <laughs> and um, but the, our guide thought that was pretty funny. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a whole different section of the, the country. And you probably have the most experience that I know uh, that does that on a regular basis. What, tell, tell us a little bit about the whites and what your experience has been on that. So, uh, well, I, I, I'm, uh, you've come to the right man. <laughs> I know, you've uh, done a lot of it. Yeah, so... Actually, uh, the, the White Mountains, White Mountain National Forest is located in, in uh, sort of north central New Hampshire uh, and uh, southeastern Maine. It's about 800,000 acres. And um, it's just a very mountainous region with literally hundreds, depends on, how, on the elevation, but thousands of, of hills and mountains that you can climb. Uh, it has a highly interconnected trail system. Um, 
uh, it's quite well developed. In fact, uh, you know, the Crawford Pass is one of the, up to Mount Washington, is one of the first continuously maintained hiking trails in the United States. Uh, and a lot of things occurred here in New Hampshire in the White Mountains. A lot of um, sort of the, the roots of uh, U.S. Uh, climbing and hiking and backpacking and leave no trace all emanated from the whites. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of the breadbasket of American hiking. Yeah. And um, it, it's a phenomenal place and it's a really interesting community. I mean, there are, there, uh, you know, there, there are certain places in the United States, New Hampshire, Colorado, you know, uh, kind of West Coast, uh, up in Washington, Oregon, where people are fanatical about hiking. And, and the community here is, there are literally tens of thousands of hikers in the White Mountains. And it's close to New York and Boston and, and really the whole sort of uh, New England coast. So everyone pretty much comes here to go backpacking and hiking, mainly hiking, backpacking less so. Um, uh, but that's, that's pretty much the same everywhere. Um, good. You had a question. I was going to say, I think the whites and my own personal opinion, if you really want to teach the layering system, is probably one of the best places to teach that because um, you exert so much energy in, in very, very cold conditions, especially if you go out there uh, in uh, early spring, late fall when, you know, there's snow on the ground. Uh, it, it, it teaches you, it, when I did that in the wintertime, it, it was almost to the point where I didn't really have the – my my base layer was was really the only thing I needed. That's how much you know I was sweating trying to climb up Mount Washington, and yeah, it's a great layering. It's a it, I yeah. mean, it's the best place to teach layering. Well, and and I would just say that all, there are many, there are dozens, dozens and dozens of trails um, with the same sort of if you would uh, elevation gain as mount washington in the in the white mountains it, we, you know so i consider steep in the whites to be anything that that climbs a thousand feet per mile and that's pretty much what you you experience on mount washington but <laughs> there are lots of trails that are even steeper yeah <laughs> you know almost two thousand feet for 1700 feet per mile it's really steep and so yeah in winter if it's not, you know, precipitating, it's quite normal to be down to your base layer climbing some of the bigger peaks. You just, you're carrying a heavier pack and you're huffing and puffing and generating an enormous amount of heat and you got to cool off. Well, I remember one uh, person asked me, are there a lot of switchbacks? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> I mean, <Well>, switchbacks. <laughs> like, no, no, no. It's like trail, point trail, A to point B. <laughs> trail uh, construction was, in many ways, invented here. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but they never got to the switchback part. <laughs> no, no, no. I just laughed and I just thought that was funny. Um, so tell us a little bit about now what, you know, Section Hiker has. I mean, you have gotten such a great reputation for in-depth gear review. And you, the one of the things I like about 
uh, your site is that it's, there's, there's no fluff. If you don't like a piece of gear, you say you don't like the piece of gear. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But one of the things that I think your side is a little different with than, than, than other sites, and I get really tired of sometimes, you know, you know pushing uh, the sales pitch instead of really I'm talking about, you know, how your trail lifestyle, is, it might be different from somebody else's trail lifestyle. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you review gear and what, is some, what, are, what are some of the things that you look for when you're doing your gear review? Well, so let me just talk a little bit about my gear reviews. I think this is, may, may not be obvious and that, that's okay. <laughs> so everything on Section Hiker tries to be educational. That's the main focus of the website. One thing I learned very early on uh, in my blogging career is that people don't like, not people, but Americans maybe, <laughs> don't like to, to learn things, uh, just abstract skills. And so what I try to do purposely in all the gear reviews is make them educational. So they're, they're almost a vehicle for teaching people how to use the gear, not just the gear itself. You follow me? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that connects with a lot of people. And, and I purposely uh, try to cover a whole wide range of gear and, and techniques um, from absolute rank beginners up to experts. So it's a very accessible to a large audience. Well, I think that's one, one of the things we love about your site um, is that it's, it's very evolving all the time. And, you know, you go back and you talk about some of the gear that you reviewed earlier and you go, you go back and you'll talk about it again. And so your site, unlike most, is, it's very interconnecting. So you may review a piece of gear, but you'll talk about, well, this kind of goes with that other piece of gear. And then you have a link and you can read that review. And one yeah. of the things that Ariane and I are, we are always, I guess, you know, um, we really focus on is that everybody has a different trail lifestyle. And one piece of gear that someone says, you know, is the best may not be the best for you. So, you know, you've, it's okay to return a piece of gear. It's okay to, to buy what you might think is the best. And then we've seen this a lot when we, when we teach our uh, backpacking bootcamp class, we, we see this a lot where they'll be, they'll bring their tent and they're like, well, I hate this tent, but right. I thought it was the best. So talk a little bit about the difference between, you know, gear that that has to fit your trail lifestyle and it's okay to to take back gear that's what they make gear, gear manufacturers want they don't want you to buy gear and not like it correct yeah um that's true i mean i think i think the the thing that uh i try to convey is that there you know different needs in different environments and um what may be a great tent out west just sucks. <laughs> it, it That's right. You know, where there's a hundred percent humidity and it rains every fifteen minutes. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And or or you know tents that 
that you have to worry about snow loads and you have to worry about late snowfall and you have to worry about rocky tent sites or howling wind, whatever. And so no shelter, there's no such thing as a, the best tents. That's just total BS, right? And, and so, I, you know, you try to, to explain to people, and I, I think the reason don't get the right tent the first time, I think has a lot to do with, the, with their experience. Yep. They don't necessarily, you know, you, you almost have to buy, don't, and I would just say, don't try to buy the best tent the first time. Buy a tent and you'll figure out what you don't like about it, uh, right. given the situations that you find yourself in. And um, your next tent, you'll get better. And I mean, I've owned <laughs> 20 tents right. personally. Right. Not just the ones I've reviewed, I've reviewed <laughs> hundreds. I, I, I distinguish between my gear and the review gear. And, and it just sort of depends, you, you learn what's important, right? In different situations. And, and again, I, I just say it's a learning process and you have to understand that there's no such thing as a static gear list. Right. Yeah, it, it, you're changing. you're you're exactly right. You know, it's it's a suggested gear list. Maybe that gear list works for you. It might work for another person, but on average, every you know the the bad news about backpacking, and this is what we we kind of it's kind of like the pros and cons of backpacking, right? So if you really are going to get into backpacking, and you're gonna um, you, you're really going to go out quite a bit and, or you have long distance aspirations, no matter what trail that is. And you really are going to go out there. The bad news about backpacking is that you're going to have multiple pieces of gear that do the same thing. You probably are going to have two tents. You're probably going to have two sleeping bags. You're probably going to have, you know, multiple things because you're right. You know, you, you backpack in the Southwest. That's a whole that's a different world out there than back backing in the Southeast. So yeah, you're probably going to have different pieces of gear that fits those different regions, depending on, on where you go. Now, if you, if you're going to spend all the time in one place in one geographic area, then yeah, you might be able to get away with, with, you know, some things and you might be able to trim down your gear closet a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, if you're hitting other trails across the country, you're probably your gear closet's probably going to be a little bit bigger. Um, yeah. It just it's the, the, that's just the way of the world. Um, one of the things absolutely fascinated by, and I'm completely jealous that you got to do, was the TGO challenge in Scotland. And oh my God, when you wrote about that just incredible for people that don't know what the TGO challenge is. Could, could you kind of talk a little bit about that and what your experience of that was? Yeah. So the, the TGO challenge, well, TGO stands for the great outdoors, which is the name of a magazine in the United Kingdom. Right. Uh, which uh, is kind of like the real hardcore Backpacker magazine of the UK before <laughs> Backpacker sort of sold out and became a, 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 a you know a gear catalog right um, and kind of Backpacker in the old days and um, which you can actually still find on Google for free it's kind of interesting to read the old 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 real technical stuff um, and uh, okay so TGO and what what the TGO is uh, it's a coast to coast 
backpacking trip that lasts for 15 days. And you, you hike from the, let me get this right, the west coast of Scotland, which is, you know, on the ocean, and to the east coast, which is on an ocean or a sea or whatever. Irish Sea to, to North Sea. And uh, you can take any route you devise. So you can draw, draw, the, uh, draw a route. It can follow roads, trails. You can hike cross country. And, and basically the stuff between the two coasts is just one mountain range after another. <laughs> okay, so you're basically backpacking through mountainous terrain. And they're old, I mean, they're, it's, a, it's a fascinating place. It's very mountainous, okay? Uh, river valleys and, but, but the, the key thing about the TGO is in Scotland, you're allowed to hike on private property without permission. And uh, actually it turns out that 95% of the country is actually owned by a handful of people who own these vast estates um, and where they, believe it or not, raise deer for, for uh, venison, which they sell to markets. Um, anyway, so you 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 um, you de you de define your route, you know, with you lay out hundreds, you know, dozens of maps and use various mapping programs, and um, uh, submit your your route. So first of all, you have to apply to to participate in the TGO challenge. There are about four hundred people who hike it coast to coast every year within the same two weeks. They're all taking different routes. Okay, you have to have a certain skill set uh, to uh, get into the TGO. You apply, and uh, you define your route, and uh, people are picked by lottery, basically. And uh, you have to submit your route to people who check it to make sure it's reasonably safe, and that you're you're not kind of uh, wandering off cliffs and stuff. And <laughs> um, and then Import you, important to know. Important to know, and they and these people who are checking these routes know the country, the back country inside out, um, and uh, it's pretty incredible. They say, well, you know, you can camp here and you can go here for a resupply. There aren't a lot of resupply points uh, in the country. Basically, you leave the west coast, and there are probably like maybe two or three places you can pick up uh, groceries before you get to the east coast. It's, it's largely un unpopulated, mountainous terrain. And um, it's a wonderful experience. You, you'll run into people on the TGO. Uh, it, it occurs for, for these 15 days every May. Um, I was supposed to go actually this year for my third trip. I've done, done it twice before. The distance is about 180 miles. Um, you know, anywhere from 10 to 50,000 feet of elevation gain, depending on your route. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, you definitely are hiking basically every day. The weather can be absolute crap. Um, it's how, windy. It's how windy. Well, you, you, I, I love how you emphasize the word <laughs> crap. So, so I would imagine Scotland, it's probably not sunny in 72 every day. Well, sometimes it is. <laughs> Some, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So the nice thing about May is snow is out for the most part, except on the higher, really higher peaks. Um, uh, bugs have not come out yet. There are no wild animals to wor worry about um, at all. Um, 
and um, you don't have to bear bag, yeah, bear bag or anything like that. And um, it does tend to be a little bit wet, um, you know, you you know, like peat bugs. So uh, that's where you, it helps to have some experience in root planting because you can't walk just anywhere <laughs> without having mud up to your armpits. Um, so, and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting environment. It's, it's basically, it feels very much like a, um, well, it's what we call a mountainous maritime environment. So it sort of has an alpine feel. Oh, I should mention there are no trees in Scotland. <laughs> so it's, right. Everything is about tree line. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, how how did how does backpacking, you know, in Scotland? And I've a, a I've a very dear friend, uh, Terry Bond, who who oh. you know you know you know Terry. So yeah. um, you know he's a big big uh, Europe Europe backpacking guy. He does a lot of great film work. Yeah. Um, they don't even call it backpacking. Um, how does how does that differ than like backpacking in the United States, or is it really about the same? Well, again, it, it's it's uh, not through hiking, right? Right, uh, because like I said, you you are defining your route rather than following the white the white bar, <laughs> the, like a greyhound, right? Um, across country so you, you're literally navigating by compass or gps and um there's no defined route but but in general um backpacking in scotland is is more like maybe um backpacking in a national forest without trails <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Um, now there are trails. There are these what they call drovers' roads, which are hundreds of years old for driving sheep to, and cattle to market. So there there are trails, right? Um, but maybe not. They're not signed or anything, or even maintained. They're they're just from hundreds of years of use by mountain walkers. So what and you're saying is, what you're saying is, don't expect trail magic. Um, don't expect a hostel every 10 miles away. <laughs> exactly. It's not, not like that. Okay. All right. So you, you should probably, you know, count on carrying five days food. Right. And carefully arranging for your resupplies. You might do a mail drop someplace. Right. At a post office if you come across a town or a village or, or you send food to a and b that you might stop in for a shower, but the, but it's very primitive, right? You're camping out every night, and there are no shelter, well, not not really any shelters. And what what's the, I'd imagine there's plenty of water. Is, huh. is, is the water situation is is good to go? The, the water, yeah. You never actually even really have to carry water unless you go right. up a, a high peak. I mean, there's like a it, there are so many stream crossings. Yeah. It, um, you, you know, you you really have to wear trail runners. I think, uh, otherwise, you're going to be taking off your shoes 20 times a day. Right, right, um, right. That, I, I read I read a little bit about that, uh, and uh, it it just looks like such a great. And it's not really a challenge. It's not like really a time limit. Correct. You just kind of do it. Correct. Well, it it, it most people fit, most people who get in finish. 
Right. Um, not everyone. And, uh, and 15 days is, most people actually finish in 13 or 14 days. And you, you have to actually be pretty committed to getting across. I oh, mean, yeah. there's definitely going to be some 20 mile days. Right. Um, so it's, it is a challenge. And, and, but the, the big challenge I think is primarily the weather, not the distance. Uh, you can alter your routes, you know, if the, you go low, what people tend to do is they plan a high route and a low route and they, they bounce between high and low over the, the tops as opposed to the through the valleys depending on what the weather conditions are did you ever at one point in time when you were doing it saying you know i think i'm just gonna stay here for a while <laughs> you know <laughs> like hey, this hey, is a really fun. good spot i think i'm just gonna chill out here for a while yeah i've had had days where i've said you know boy this is beautiful and I, my feet are like look like prunes I think I'll just get into my sleeping bag here and go to sleep. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, but it, but it is, I mean, the thing that there, there's so many things. Uh, I, I love Scotland. I've been there many times hiking. Uh, I went to graduate school actually there. And um, the, one of the greatest things in May is that the, the daylight is, first of all, the sun kind of more or less never sets um you don't need a headlamp that's one thing you actually don't need because there's there's daylight or twilight if you would day round you're 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 high enough up in the latitudes you're in the same sort of latitude as uh, moscow that uh in may you you get this incredible light it almost glows from the land itself it's this sort of yellowish sun-like <laughs> it's hard to explain <laughs> So, but the, you know, it, it, everything around you is heather and, and sedge grass and whatnot. It's a really beautiful place. Well, I've been looking at that hike for a long time and I'd, I'd, I'd love to go. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping someday that I'll be able to have the time and, and have that opportunity to, to go do it. Uh, it just sounds just beautiful. It, it, it incredibly beautiful. And I hope I get a chance to do that sometime. So have you ever counted how many reviews you've ever done on your site as far as gear goes? Um, I, I don't know. It's probably over a thousand. I mean, um, I, I take some of them that are <laughs> just today. It was like, oh, my God, they haven't made this product for 10 years. I take right, them right, I know. Right, right, right. right. I, <laughs> I, I this company doesn't even exist anymore. I, I looked through my winter, I have a huge bin of winter gear, and I had integral design snow pants. Well, and I'm like, these things are beautiful snow pants. The company's not around anymore, but I'm keeping these snow pants. Well, in fact, I, this, this was the review. It was the, the integral designs overbag bivy. Right, and, right, right. And I was like, holy holy crap, I haven't seen this posted. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. 2010 or something like that. Well, I don't, I think at this point, I don't think anybody can uh, do any kind of a search for a piece of gear that you have not done a review on. So, uh, I mean, I just can't even, I, I can't express what a, a fan Ariane and I are of your site and who you are as a person. Uh, 
it's hard pressed to to actually search for a piece of gear, even the gear companies that don't exist anymore, <laughs> that you have not done a review on. So tell people how to find you and, and just kind of like really focus them into the site. Well, um, the best way to find me is just come to sectionhiker.com. And if, uh, so I'm, I'm actually extremely accessible. Um, we, we publish uh, five posts a day, uh, five posts a week, sorry, Monday through Friday. Uh, you can, I have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to. Uh, and if you if you come to the home page, you'll see in the upper right corner, there's a link that you can use to contact me. And if you have questions, I, I respond to all uh, emails that people send me. Um, and I, I really enjoy that. So uh, reach out. That's that's, you know, that's the best place. I'm also on all your blah, blah social media channels. But but I try to focus everybody on coming to the website. That's the best way to reach me. So what's on the website? Well, there, there's usually two or three gear reviews a week, and there's all kinds of uh, educational articles pitched at, uh, for different skills and different levels of expertise. Um, and um, one thing, if you're interested in hiking in the White Mountains, uh, that I do is I've been publishing the past two years um, various guidebook chapters uh, online. One, one complete guidebook I've published is um, Backpacking in the White Mountain 4,000 Footers, which has detailed backpacking trip plans for um, the highest peaks in the White Mountains. There are 48 of them. And, um, you know, I'm doing, doing that all the time because uh, I love the Whites. I live here <laughs> and I think it's a wonderful place to hike and I want people to enjoy it responsibly. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for you that lives that lives there, it's a beautiful opportunity for those of us who have to hike through it. Um, I, for myself, I like a love-hate relationship <laughs> with the whites. Uh, I think it's some of the toughest hiking in the United States. That's just my opinion. But it but the payoffs are incredibly beautiful. And that's the payoff that the whites give you. I mean, uh, yeah, you're going to work for it. It's going to be painful. Um, but the payoffs are just, you can't beat them. It, it's just an incredible experience out there. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I mean, um, there are, like I said, there there is a highly inter interconnected trail system. And so, you know, once you get the maps out, you can really create beautiful loops, loop hikes, um, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles long to take you through the most incredible forest or alpine terrain, uh, really gorgeous. And there aren't, you know, once you get away from the really popular trails, you don't see anybody for days. No. Really nice, really nice. I like that. And there are a lot of things you can do on top of it, climbing and ice climbing. Uh, I do like fly fishing in the backcountry streams. There's, there's, it's a really, varied place and being a national forest there aren't a lot of administrative rules you don't have to have permits no permits folks <laughs> yeah. which is pretty pretty incredible if you think about it it's you know really nice 
Yeah. And it's just a, I mean, it's just a, a beautiful place to, to go on and spend some time out there. It really, really is beautiful. Thank you, Phil. Thank you so much. Um, I, one of my biggest regrets is not being able to go backpacking I, I, with you. Uh, I, I think this was a long time ago. You're doing the hundred mile wilderness. Um, and I just couldn't get out there. I wanted to, uh, I think you had hiked it uh, through, I can't, can't remember when it was, might've been 2000 and, oh man, might've been 2011, possibly 2012, maybe somewhere around there. I think it was two, two, I've done it twice. I think it was 2010 and 2013. Yeah. I just, I just had come down to Atlanta. Uh, uh-huh. I was in the process of, of moving and, uh, but uh, one of these days we'll have to go out. Um, I'll definitely come out to the whites so you can kind of show me the neighborhood. Um, would love to go backpacking with you. Thank you very much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Well, great talking with you, Scott. Thanks so much. So thank you so much for listening, especially Philip for being on the podcast. Really appreciate that. If you enjoy this podcast, please post a comment on Apple Podcasts or help us spread the word. If you comment, uh, even if you don't like it, hate it, love it, uh, please post a comment on any of your favorite podcatchers. It really helps boost um, the word out there for so people can listen to the podcast. Uh, also, make sure you go to trustedtrailpodcast.com and sign up for specific emails about trips. Don't forget to do that. And of course, shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. Um, thank you guys so much for uh, keeping our group interesting every day. Um, there's always a new post with a new adventure or a new photograph or a, a question. So really, thank you so much for doing that. And of course, our patrons who um, help support the podcast. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, that's Ted Jones, David Boyer, John Phillips, Rick Hornick, Jerry, Shirley Nutt, Jerry, Suzanne Johnson, Brad Wolf, Helene, Mike Pellet, Jacqueline, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Jeff Nyman, Kathy Kennison, Bob Esser, Matthew Creecroft, Vicki Thomason, Becky Wenger, Jill Lang, and EJ Newell. Thank you guys so much. Patreon, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you need to do is create an account, go to Trust the Trail Podcast, and as a little $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the big ones, any of your favorite podcatchers. If we're not on one that you listen to, let us know. We'll get one on. We'll get on there for you. And uh, also, you can follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail Instagram page, where we always put our new episodes um, on there, and we're always putting our uh, our trips on our Instagram page. And of course, you can always go to the Trust the Trail Facebook page, uh, where we have different content on there. Also, remember, the trail gives you everything you need, and you never know what's going to happen when you read a blog post. <laughs> and how that may change your life. So the trail does give you everything you need. So trust the trail. Bye, you guys.